When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. DNVR Rams Live Week 1. J. Mike in the building. I'm here with my main man, Andre Simone. Let's go. We're here. We're here. It's college football season. Got the Smuggets shirt on because he wants to bring that energy to CSU. I appreciate it. Damn straight. I've got the 90s vibes on because that's the (laughs) era that I want to bring back. This was my dad's shirt in school. Is that a rugby sweater right there? Kind of. I think so. Like a rugby style shirt. He gets gets tackled in that and make a lateral pass at some point, do you Uh, think? I I highly doubt it. He was very, you know, busy crushing course lights. Oh, hell yeah. uh, Hanging out at Horse Tooth. A learned man like his son. Exactly. Very <laughs> prestigious. You know, it's it's been five years of really just pain, misery, disappointment for this program. There were some moments last year at the end where you could kind of feel like, you know, the, uh, the ascension was beginning. But this is the year. This is, you know, year two. We talked about a lot of this last week, so I don't want to get too repetitive, but... I mean, for a school with this type of backing, you know, the resources available, the history that this program has had to have gone from that to essentially being irrelevant, it's it's hard, but that's what's exciting about September. Everything is still on the table. (laughs) And I think getting off to a hotter start than they did last year is going to be key for this team. I mean, they got outscored 164 to 43 in September last year. They allowed 30 plus sacks. It's not a recipe for success. No, I'm looking at like team total props and 20 and a half is what the Rams are at. I don't think they scored over 10 in non-conference play. Oh, they that's did. rough. Yeah, that's rough. Middle Tennessee, Sac State, uh, not great. Or I think they got to 19 in Middle Tennessee. Um, I don't know. Either way, they didn't score 20 <laughs> points right. the entire season. Right. Yes. So it, it really does not matter. The, the hope, though, is with a revamped offensive line, with Clay Millen in year two, more talent out wide, and a defense that has the potential to be special, you know, things can be good. And, and that's where I want to start is the defense because, you know, we watched that 2022 matchup live here. We we did a DMVR Rams watch along. It was, it was rough because, well, in the first quarter, you could tell the, the game was pretty much over. I think it was 24-0 about three minutes into the second quarter. Was very the rough. writing was on the wall. CSU could not sustain drives. They had... Just uh, seven sacks allowed in that game. They averaged 1.2 yards per carry, 12 tackles for loss allowed. I mean, it it was a disaster. They did prevent the shutout. (laughs) That's about the the biggest bright spot. Outside of Freddie Banks, in my opinion, that Middle Tennessee game and Washington State, they were both losses week two and week three of 2022. But you could see the halftime adjustments that Freddie was able to make, and it started to give you confidence about his ability to adjust on the fly and with more depth. I mean, I'm a, I'm pretty encouraged going into this matchup because I think they learned a lot about what worked against Washington state and what they need to do differently. What's the goal to you coming into this, like a reasonable goal that's maybe not inconceivable, you know, like outright upsetting wazoo, but it's going to feel like, Hey, 
that's what I needed to see. I believe what I was thinking in the preseason. This team's going to make some noise come conference play. They need to hold up defensively. So, I mean, if, if they go out and get torched, that would be mm-hmm. that'd be pretty worrisome because yeah. the, the feeling is that this defense with this many veterans, with some key pieces they've added, they're really athletic. They've got a lot more size. I think an inch on average across the board, about 10, 15 pounds per position. It's huge. That's huge. Yeah. So I, I think the defense needs to hold up. And we need to see the Rams hold their weight in the trenches offensively. I mean, 1.2 yards per carry, seven sacks allowed. You can't yeah. do that. Yeah. Great point. And the O-line, they don't need to be great. Like, it'd be awesome if they were great. Mm-hmm. But to expect that, I think you're setting yourself up for disappointment. I mean, it's a lot of guys making a jump from the D2 and FCS level. Yeah. They've been here since point. spring. They've held up really well throughout the spring, throughout fall. I think that's that's huge. They've gone consistently against this defensive line where it makes you feel a little better than, you know, oh, well, they've only been here two weeks. And it's been okay. But, I mean, they've been battling against guys like Mo Kamara now. Right. Going back to March. Right. It's a great point. Continuity, consistency, being able to come back year two with having laid down the basis after last season. So seeing a more polished product is huge. Looking like this is year two. You just want to be competitive. I mean, I I honestly believe that CSU should be in this game and have an opportunity to win. Now, I don't want to get too bold and be like, they're upsetting Washington State. There's there's a lot of wait and see with this group. We've yeah. got to see it in the trenches. They've yep. you know Clay Millen. I need to see him let it loose. You know rip the ball mm-hmm. downfield. Take advantage of this mm-hmm. revamped uh, wide receiver group. They had Dallin Holker at tight end. I mean they've got a lot of weapons. Two headed monster in the backfield. But it, it's also been five years of misery. Like as as high as you are, as much as you can talk yourself into this team being great on paper, <laughs> yeah. being great on paper and executing on the field are, are two different stories. It's not too dissimilar to kind of the vibe I get in Broncos country as yeah. well, where it's like, you know, we've been disappointed often enough to where we're not just going to drink the Kool-Aid in August and just be hunky-dory and like, hey, this is the year. It's like, it's cautious optimism the logical side of me feels like, yes, this really should line up to be a better season, to finally turn that corner. But it's very much a wait and see time because, yeah, it's uh, it's been really rough watching Rams football, especially the last half decade. To say the least. And, yeah. you know, I think there's some reasons with CSU, obviously, to be optimistic. Um, there's some reasons to like the Rams going into this matchup and, uh, later on, we're going to get to Travis Green. He covers Washington State Washington State for Creme 2 News out in Spokane. Great. Actually, a CSU alumnus who covers Washington State, so has a particularly unique perspective on this game. Can I boo that? Can I go boo? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I had to get somebody that was on my vibe, you know? Yeah, it's a great call. <laughs> so he, you know, gave us the uh, inside scoop on the Cougars, talked about what to like about this team, why there's some reason for skepticism as well. And I don't want to spoil too much of it, but the one of the the big things that jumped out to me going back and rewatching that 2022 matchup is the wide receivers that are torching CSU are no longer in the picture. Donovan, Ollie, um, Sterling, both these guys have moved on. It's all new targets for Cam Ward. Wazoo didn't exactly hit the ground running in their first two weeks last year. They mm-hmm. won both games, actually upset Wisconsin, but it wasn't like they lit it up offensively. I'm I'm pretty curious to see what kind of timing and chemistry he has with this group. It's a couple of mountain West transfers mm-hmm. and, and Josh Kelly 
and Kyle Williams. They're not as big as the receivers they had last year. CSU has great size in the secondary. It's one of the things that Norvell's raved about. I mean, he said it, you know, tongue in cheek, but he's like, we might have the, the tallest corner duo in America, which is crazy. And then you've got Jack Howell. I mean, uh, just legit all American candidate, a legit all American and in your safety. When I break down safeties, I'm always talking about like your most reliable last line of defense. It's essentially your goalie. It's the guy I just don't want screwing up. It's my center fielder. And to have that against an inexperienced wide receiving core is going to be huge. The other thing is. Washington State had their hiccups to start the year, but was kind of looking deceptively like, man, this team. Um, and then the second half, they kind of looked bad. And Ward played poorly. He yeah. had some horrendous mistakes. Um, again, as a better, like there were some games where it was like, holy cow, like this kid's reckless. He just blew money of mine right out the window. And so I'll be really interested to see how those adjustments come into play. Mm -hmm. It's also, it's been a big switch for Washington state, right? Like going after these air raid, Mike Leach style, RIP to the pirate always, um, you know, disciples to then go in with a defensive minded coach and first half of the season offense looks great. Second half, you start to see those and you do see that sometimes, right? Like yeah. the old coach's influence might still be on the team and then it's kind of fades away. This will be a pure start. And can you really be that explosive wazoo offense that we've been used to that ward their quarterback promises to have the upside to have, or will you see a step back where now more of this defensive focus from the coaching staff st starts to show, you know, some of it's uh some of the chinks in the armor. I think that's a really good point. It's just kind of been a program in flux. Uh, where did Justin get that shirt? Dude, this is straight out of 1990. <laughs> My dad was wearing this on, on campus in, in the 90s. From so. his pop's closet. Yeah. Out of my dad's wardrobe. That's where most of my That's cool kind of like this Italy from. hat I'm rocking. Yeah, it's a similar deal. I, I like will it. say, you, love those. you would be shocked at the Ram stuff you can find downtown Denver thrift shops. So Hit up the Denver thrift up, stores. Hit up the, the, the local Denver the thrift stores. <laughs> That's right. That's just what I needed to know. More Rams gear. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Getting back on track though you know the, the thing about this Washington State program is it's been kind of in flux because you had that long-standing presence in Mike Leach yeah you bring in Nick Rolovich over from Hawaii who was you know pretty successful during his short and very controversial tenure oh, we won't get into talent. the politics or any of that stuff but he gets dismissed for refusing to get vaccinated during the the COVID seasons Jake Dickert defensive coordinator takes over They've, they've been good, but, you know, now you got to replace your OC again. It's just it's a lot of turnover within that coaching staff over the last couple of years. And you do bring your quarterback back. But at some point, that stuff tends to, to catch up to you. You know, you, this many coaching changes. You lose your three leading receivers. You lose mm -hmm. four of your six leading tacklers from a year ago. That, that's not a, a small thing. 100%, man. And I, another thing is I think they were harder to defend because the book wasn't quite written on Ward at the first half. Then teams kind of just figured out how to scheme them and how to defend them. And how key is that to have the same staff you had last year mm -hmm. playing against him a year ago, now having that experience to come back at home. And then the other thing is, I mean, anything I've seen about Fort Collins and the excitement for Rams football, yeah, like I there. expect this to be quite the atmosphere. And it's why this line's only 11 after it being kind of a blowout last year. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it should push close to a sellout, if not an actual sellout. I'm hoping they get it. Um, but I just, I like the way the Rams match up with this team so much better. We yeah. got a great comment there from Taylor Desch. I, I, I'm just right there with him. I think when you look at what CSU has in the secondary, when you look at the offensive mm-hmm. weapons, again, I still think it all comes down to the trenches, and that's going to be the biggest thing for this game. You know, can you get Washington off the state off the field? Can your pass rush be disruptive yeah. while also keeping containment? That's a big factor going against Cam Ward. I mean, the Rams got after him last year. He was just they did scrambling man. back and making all kinds of plays. It was I mean, it was really frustrating. You mentioned some of the bad throws he made early in the year. I was like, why couldn't you do that when you had pressure <laughs> yeah, in your face when CSU was in town? Yeah, it was kind of clinical. I remember that. That was one of the frustrations was like, man, they were so close. And if you give so him just like he had five rushing touchdowns a year ago. So yep. in the red yep. zone, that's definitely a thing yep. you got to worry about. Yep. But I don't know, man. When you look at this secondary, this defensive line, it all matches up. It, but it's it's on paper. And again, I just keep coming back to we got to see it. There's a million reasons why you can talk mm-hmm. yourself into this team mm-hmm. being pretty competitive. And it's not just, you know, green and gold colored glasses. It's legitimate football talent. Yeah. But they've had talent in the past. They had talent in 2017 when they finished seven and five and arguably could have won the league. I mean, there have been many examples of, of CSU teams that came up short. So we'll see. Yeah, no, I mean, there was some talent on those terrible Adazio teams with guys like Trey McBride and, I well, mean, the you know, even pageant. And, oh, yeah. that, I love that front. I think that front was one of the great fronts we've seen at CSU in the last 20 deep. years, I mean, you know? Mo Camara was second string. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. give you an idea mm-hmm. of the kind of depth they had at defensive line. And they got after it, man. They, they couldn't after run the football at all, which yeah. for a head coach with an O-line background was not, not great, Bob. Not great, especially with a triple option quarterback who could barely throw a forward pass. But hey, uh, you, you live and you learn, I guess. You live and you learn. Um, I got to shout out our partners over at Broken Tea. Broken Let's Tea it, is the baby. coolest golf course. They've got the best vibes. Peak DNVR. Terrible. You know, stuff. if you're like me, you want to just have a good time. You know that you're not going to be, you know, going for the PGA Tour anytime soon. Right. But Broken Tea, they've got 27 total holes, 18-hole championship course, challenging par three course, stocked pro shop, full of sick gear, talking wall-to-wall drip like what we're rocking, but yes. not exactly the same. <laughs> Great restaurant, why it's at Broken Teas. Um, also, they've got a charity tournament coming up on Friday, September 22nd. Prizes supporting Bridge House Tri-Cities Homeless Actions Team effort to open a navigation center. It's going to provide us a, a facility for community members struggling with homelessness to receive temporary shelter. Uh, connect with services, create a pathway out of homelessness for good, doing good. We love that. Go to brokenteagolf.com, make a tea time, get the latest updates, use code DNVR10 for 10% off your order. I also want to shout out the homies over at DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. College football fans, are you ready for week one? You have to be. You're listening to this podcast. So, I mean, it'd be very weird if you weren't ready for week one and listening to this podcast with DraftKings Sportsbook, they're going to hook you up with a can't-miss offer to start the season strong. New customers bet just $5 on college football, score $200 in bonus bets instantly. Wow. Anything can happen in college football. You don't even have to get it right. You're going to get a bunch of bonus bets to play with. There's a lot of really intriguing games on the matchup, especially for the Ooh, Mountain West. Dre and I, I are going to dive into, into that. This. I was texting him last night. I was like, I'm telling you, man, four P five matchups. The mountain West is where it's at this week. Oh, it's phenomenal. And I smell upsets. I smell big games, great quarterbacks. It's going to be amazing. 
Life's more fun when you're in on the action. Download DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use that code DNVR. New customers can score uh, $200 in bonus bets when they bet just $5 on college football. Let me pull up here. It must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms. If a gambling problem, call 1-800 or text 1-800-GAMBLER. I, I butchered that. My bad, DraftKings, but I'll get it better oh, next time. He's got it. He's got it. <laughs> Our guy knows. Uh, how about the set, huh? Beautiful set. Um, and guys, smash those likes. We've already beaten the last show. We were so happy with our turnout from the last show. Already got more viewers than last time. Help us with the likes so we can get all of, uh, you know, our Ramley in here and uh, hype for week one. We absolutely are. Shout out to Jay Norvell hooking us up with this awesome helmet. Damn straight. Shout out to our guy, Travis Green. We're about to get to that interview here momentarily. He is going to give you just a, a brief idea of what to expect with this Washington state team. Adre and I will react halfway and then we'll get into some realignment stuff. And of course at the end, don't go anywhere because we still have to dive into the rest of this mountain West slate. Uh, here is my interview with Travis green of creme two news out in Spokane, Washington. All right. Joining us on DNVR Rams live. We've got a special guest, Travis green of creme two news out in Spokane, Washington. Travis, a Colorado State alumnus who covers Washington State. So he's got a pretty unique perspective on this week one matchup. We brought him on last year. We had to bring him back. Um, I guess just first things first, Travis, and, and I, I guess I'm just skipping the pleasantries. We're getting straight down to business here. Um, you know, Washington State, they started four and one a year ago, kind of stumbled down the stretch, you know, three and five over those final eight games. What's the expectation, the, the, I don't know the the feeling around the program going into this 2023 season. All business over here, Justin. Just hopping straight in. You know, <laughs> it, it's an interesting aspect. Um, I don't know if you guys pay attention to this, but they've got a Cougs versus everyone uh, is like they're saying. And Washington State is really upset over the whole Pac-12 realignment thing. So I think this year, like, they really want to go out there and make a statement that, uh, hey, you left somebody out of realignment, and it's us. Uh, but as a whole, the team, you know, the vibe is obvious. I, the more I cover college athletics, the more you're around them. You Every team you cover thinks they're going to win at the start of the year. <laughs> like it's, it's just the truth. They think they're going to be a really good team. Um, and that all hinges, honestly, on the offensive line. If the offensive line can – protect cam ward give him more time than he had last year it's possible and it's just coming down to experience last year they had a, multiple games that they could have won and this would have been a top 25 team if you i don't know if you guys watched the oregon game they almost oh, beat it was oregon. a shootout man they should have beat him they should have yeah. so i think it's just getting that next step now the big thing with washington state is they lost a lot of key pieces mm -hmm. whether that be through the transfer portal or Dayon Henley, a guy that just destroyed Colorado State last year. He had three sacks against CSU. He's now in the NFL. So they lost a lot of key pieces, but they returned some big names. Um, so the uh, feeling around the team is that they'll win. Now, just like any year, it's uh, we'll see. We'll really see in this Colorado State game how good they'll actually look. We'll come back to realignment at the end because much like you, I'm just, I'm a little over talking about the hypotheticals and what could be. And 
especially, you know, with the perspective we have two schools who haven't exactly been prioritized in this entire process. But, you know, you mentioned a lot of those key pieces no longer in the picture. Dayon Henley, he's gone. A guy that started his career under Jay Norvell, went over to Wazoo, was a star for the Cougars. You know, looking at that game last year, uh, that you know Washington State jumps out to the uh, the quick lead. They get three touchdowns in that first quarter. None of those receivers are in the mix anymore, though. Yeah. Um, Washington State did add some Mountain West transfers in uh, Josh Kelly, and um, I'm drawing a blank on the Kyle Williams. There we yes. go. How have they kind of filled in in place of these guys that they have to replace? I mean, it, it's tough when you lose your four leading receivers. Yeah, look at Justin doing his homework over here. That that's the entirely different receiver room this year, which is insane. The only guy that returns is Lincoln Victor. Um, they're really high on these receivers. They are. I mean, they lost a lot of talent. The big thing that they lost is size. The Donovan Ollie, Stribling, they were bigger receivers than what they have now. Now they're more of like slot receivers you yeah. see out there. Um, so Lincoln Victor is going to be the big guy. A name that you didn't mention that, the Cougs have been really high on him. He looked really good in the spring game. Is DT Sheffield, uh, a transfer that is explosive, but he's a lot like Lincoln Victor, a smaller receiver. Um, so these, it's like you said, they they came out hot and they were thrown to those bigger receivers. That's, I think it's going to be a little more middle of the field passing this season versus what we saw last year. Um, and again, that comes down to what we were just talking about. Like, we'll see how this team looks. It, I mean, of course – They've looked hit or miss during camp, and the last scrimmage they had, Cam Ward lit it up, like the best I've ever seen Cam Ward look. So we'll see if that can actually translate to a game. You know, given the inconsistencies in camp, given that it's a whole new receiving crew, I guess I'm asking your gut here, any worries about chemistry early on, just given... You know, Wazoo didn't like light it up in those first two weeks last year. They won the games, obviously, upsetting Wisconsin. And uh, who's the other game? It was a tight FCS opponent. Idaho. Yeah. University at the Battle of the Palouse here. We were all shocked. Idaho hung with them. But Idaho, to their credit, they wound up being an FCS playoff team last year. So they're not just like a, you know, middling FCS team, I guess. <laughs> no, it's a good, I mean, it's an, it's an important distinction. Same deal with Sacramento State, who came into Fort Collins and, frankly, right. kick CSU's teeth in a week after the, the Washington State matchup. But I don't know. To me, the Washington uh, the Washington State, excuse me, offense really started to come together against CSU in week three. That's kind of like when you saw everything open up, them really hit their full stride. I don't know, week one, like, is there any worry that, you know, not everything's going to be clicking, especially if you have some O-line concerns as well? Honestly, yeah. From my standpoint, absolutely. This is a new offensive coordinator. I don't know if you uh, know that. It's Ben Arbuckle. He comes over from Western Kentucky. Eric Morris, their offensive coordinator from last year, took the head coaching job at North Texas. So, absolutely. Like, they could definitely come out slow. And they've only been practicing against each other, you know, this whole time with this new offense. So, it that's totally in the realm of possibilities that they come out slow and don't really know their identity at the start of the season here. And for CSU, I mean, this is a great opportunity for them to start off this year two of Norvell and, you know, start off with a bang with it. went over a power five team for sure. I guess the, the one advantage Washington state is going to have, and you could say the same for CSU. It's just 
some familiarity with the opponent, both run, you know, like air raid concepts. I know it's a new yeah. OC, but still a vertical passing offense, both run a four, two, five defensively. Um, I guess that's a good way to transition to the defense. Deion Henley's out of the picture for the six leading tacklers from here go out of the picture. You know, what are the expectations for this unit coming in? Because they were pretty stout at times last year. They were, they were. And what they really lost is cornerbacks. Um, they lost a guy, Armani Marsh, that just made the Titans practice squad. Um, Derek Langford's gone. The So what does return is the edges. Brennan Jackson and Ron Stone. Now, when you look at Ron Stone, if you're a CSU fan, you look at his stats from last year, you're like, oh, he only had two sacks. Before that, he was all Pac-12, the year before. Like, Ron Stone's a beast. He just had a down year. Brennan Jackson's a really good edge. Those two, that's going to be the trouble. And as we know, CSU's problem last year was blocking. You know? Yeah, it, was, it was rough. Pass protection, they couldn't stop a nosebleed, and that's what Washington State has. So that is for sure a mismatch. Now, Dayon Henley, there's a guy named Devin Richardson that they got a transfer from the University of Texas that it's almost like the exact same scenario as Dayon Henley. Like a guy that was kind of overlooked, obviously different. Dayon played a lot at Nevada. Devin didn't get a ton of time at Texas, but it's the feel around WSU is he's going to be the next Dayon Henley. That's hard to do. Obviously, that's really like you can't replicate what Deion Henley did, but Devin Richardson seems like he might be that guy. So up front, it's going to look pretty much the same as last year. It's just defensive backs. They have Jaden Hicks, the safety. He's one of the best safeties in yeah, all he's college football, yeah. I would say. Um, but the big thing is cornerbacks. So CSU is going to for them to win this game. I think they're going to have to attack those corners. I mean, they're hoping to. Obviously, the the air raid never really took flight in Fort Collins a year ago, but they, they have a ton of talent at the skill positions going into this matchup. Torrey Horton's a stud. They bring in Dallin Holker, you know, a tight end from BYU. There's there's a lot of hope, but we shall see. I mean, Jay was raving about those defensive ends as well. He called them the the strength of the defensive unit, basically said if if they're not, you know, a hell of a lot more physical, a hell of a lot more consistent in the trenches, it's going to be brutal because – I think the Cougars had seven sacks and CSU rushed the ball for 1.2 yards of carry last year. You can't win that way. Yeah. I think it was 12 tackles for loss or something like that. Yeah. That's Madden stats. <laughs> it was so bad. It was um, tough. It was tough. <laughs> we do have to get into realignment a little bit before I, I let you go, but I am going to put you on the spot here. What's your record prediction for Washington state this season? Are they a bowl team? Oh man, that's tough. And I don't, if, if for some reason our Coug fans listen to this, I don't want them to come at me with a pitchfork. Uh, this honestly, isn't what you're rooting for. It's what you think is going to happen. <laughs> All right. Unbiased, what I think is going to happen. Yeah. I think WSU is going to win six games this year. Uh, I think we're going to see a little bit of a regression from last year. Uh, yeah, but I could be totally wrong. This team has the pieces that could wind up being a really good team. I just, I, I feel like they're going to win six games, which, uh, you know, sure. Yeah, they'll be bowl eligible at the end, but uh, not going to be one of those bowl games you want to be in. <laughs> it just feels like it could go either way with this group where yeah, they had so many close games that went the other way. Sometimes you see that as like the learning moment and they rally and they figure out how to close and all of a sudden, you know, those one score games go the other way and you're nine and three 
or the alternative is you missed your window and you came up short when you had an opportunity to, you know, beat some of these teams like Oregon. A hundred percent. And what really happened at the end of the year is Washington state didn't move the ball downfield. They just threw screen passes nonstop under the old offense. And even the fans at one game were screaming, stop throwing screen passes. I mean, that's a, the reason for that was the offensive line was struggling as we know with CSU, but at some point you got to push the ball down the field. So if Ben Arbuckle comes in and can get the offense to do that, I think that's what hinges on what I think with this WSU team. If they can move the ball downfield, they'll be a really successful team. But if they can't, that's an issue. Cam Ward, I think, was the third worst quarterback in the country last year in percentage when it came to throws over 20 yards. It was some stat like that. So you got to get better at that. Got to push the ball downfield. Yeah. Um, interview with Travis here momentarily, but Dre and I just kind of wanted to to react to some of what he said. We dove into some of that, obviously, in the the segment one there, where we're you know just talking about the, the matchup and and the ways you like how CSU lines up against Washington State, where you could be a little worried. I'm very interested to see how this Washington State offense comes out. How aggressive are they? Are they taking yeah. shots? Are they going to test this secondary right off the bat? I would with the way you that think, they were able man. to, you know, attack, mm-hmm. especially, I mean, they hit a couple down the sideline early on in that game against CSU, and then it just opened up everything under the middle. You know, they just started running just, you know, slants and God, so many yeah. underneath throws. It, it was very frustrating. But the one thing that stood out to me that he talked about is just the size of the receivers. And and that was a huge advantage for Wazoo a year ago. That's a big factor going into this one. Should be flipped on its head. Styles make fights. Small wide receivers against big corners. Could that be an advantage now in reversal for Wazoo? And the other thing is offensively, yeah, you want to attack those inexperienced corners if you're the Rams. You also want to go up tempo. You want to go quick. Yeah. You want to get in a rhythm so Clay's not under siege by this. What is the strength of the defense, much like the Rams defense, is that front and being able to create pass rush. So you want Clay to get comfortable early and get in a rhythm. Just get it out. Force these inexperienced corners to tackle guys like, you know, Horton and the rest and Ross Simmons Holker. These are, these are great athletes. And I mean, the other thing in in terms of playing tempo is, you know, you force the defense to communicate. It's week one. You've got a lot new starters. I mean, defensively Washington state, their numbers aren't great a year ago, Mm -hmm. but they were pretty stout. They could get after the quarterback. They'd turn you over Dayon Henley, a former Nevada star under Norvell was a big part of that. But you know, as he mentioned, He's no longer in the picture. He nope. had three sacks in that game a year ago. He single-handedly he was dominant. <laughs> was you know disruptive. Yeah. Now it's David Richardson. He comes over from Texas. Great frame, six three, two thirty two. But he's a redshirt senior that's never recorded a significant stat. And for me, it's like, look, I've I've seen plenty of guys over the years that had great frames and came from Power Five schools, and oh, they're coming to CSU, and you assume they're going to be a big deal just because they came from a big a big school and. Frankly, a lot of the time, there's a reason they weren't playing. Honestly, those guys, more often than not, flame out than turn it around. I totally um, agree. And that's Dion not, was such see. a particularly def- particular defender, though. He was such a like jack of all trades, and, and you coverage, could move yeah. him, and so athletic. To expect that this guy's going to come in in his first start 
and suddenly be able to be moved around and create that kind of pressure. It's a lot to ask. That's all we're saying. It's a lot to and ask. we've never Seems seen ambitious. Richardson play. He could be a stud. And we come out and we're like, all right, I see why they're comparing him to Henley because he moves really well. He's downhill player. You know, he can drop back in coverage, sideline to sideline. He's really rangy, all that stuff. We're just saying it's it's a tall task. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. The other big factor before we get into the the second half of this interview with Travis, he start talking about realignment a little bit, just kind of what the vibe in Wazoo is. Um, what he thinks could happen moving yeah. forward, what he wants to see happen as a CSU alumnus that happens to cover Washington State, a, a particularly unique perspective with this one. No kidding. I think the ground game is going to be really important in this game because I think both teams mm-hmm. are, are going to be dependent on it. You know, just CSU, you have two running backs you trust a lot. You want to be a vertical passing offense, but you got to get downhill because if you can't run the ball, those defensive ends are going to tee off on Millen all day long. And that's where you put your O-line, which you feel better about, in a really bad spot. Who, which O-line can hold a better... Which D-line can get after the quarterback more ferociously? And how much can you lean on the running game to alleviate that are all key parts of this. Because both teams' defenses, the strength is in the trenches. Both teams' offenses, the weakness is in the trenches. Yes. So it's uh, something's got to give. Yes, exactly. And the running game is going to be a huge X factor in that, in alleviating some of that. So we'll see, man. Well, and we saw that with CSU last year. I mean, they never established the passing offense the way you hope to see this year. Yeah. But the games that they were most competitive, the games where they were in it, had a chance or came out on top the, the three times, it was because they got that ground right. game going with Avery Morrow. Yeah. All right, we're going to play the second half of that interview with Travis Green, Creme 2 News. We are talking college football realignment, how Washington State factors into all this, uh, what the general vibe is, obviously kind of down at the moment for, for Cougars fans, but we talk about all of it, and I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. You got into this a little bit at the beginning, but realignment obviously has been the just the entire story with college football this entire summer. It's been... A lot of speculation. It's been a lot of excitement for some teams, but I think disappointment for the mass majority of college football fans that have been impacted by this Washington State more so than others. Is it still just really angry in Pullman? Is is that kind of the feeling, or have they gotten over kind of the shock of it all? I still think we're at the angry stage a little bit. We're on the tail end of angry stage. Uh, we're getting towards the sad stage. You know what I mean? <laughs> Like, we're getting there, um, but they're kind of getting over it. You know, eventually it's just you got to move on. As we know, as CSU Rams, you know, eventually you got to move on. And I'm telling you, Justin, I don't know what's going to happen. This is more like pro sports than ever. I think there's going to be those power schools that are like pros, and then the other schools are going to have what was college, what we thought college was. That's what it feels like to me. <laughs> it definitely feels like, I mean – People say power five, power four. I think eventually it'll just be the SEC, the big, and you know, essentially two super leagues. They'll they'll figure it out, like sixty teams. And as you said, the the rest will, you know, I don't know, basically be a, a new subdivision. But as far as what the future holds, I've I've seen the Washington State admin be very open through this process and, and transparent in terms of, you know, we're talking to the Mountain West. This is what they pitched to us. And it sounds like the Mountain West kind of basically pitched an easier path to the playoff for Washington State and Oregon State than potentially being in one of these 18 to 20 team leagues, which I think is a fair point. 
Also, you can go to the table to renegotiate your TV deal in two years. If you lock in with the American, I think it's like locked in through uh, for the next six, seven years. So you're yeah. kind of stuck there. What does your gut say happens here? They, they end up in the Washington state, some type of rebuild of the pack, whatever. I mean, is that even still realistic at that, this point? Rebuilding the pack? That's, that's a tough question, Justin, because that's from day one. I've been saying the Pac West. <laughs> it's gonna. I've thought it makes the most sense. You know, regionally, it just makes sense. Mountain West and Pac-12, these remaining teams. So whether that be they join the Mountain West and the Mountain West keeps going, or they form some sort of new conference, I think that's what's gonna wind up happening. I know there's been a lot of talk of, you know, AAC, even ACC was like out there, but that does just doesn't make sense. Uh, that's what I think is going to wind up happening. And Kirk Schultz, the president of WSU has been lately more transparent, like he said, and it sounds more and more like they're looking at the mountain West in whatever shape or form that is. I think it's just going to take longer. Like people want to know right now, what are you joining? I think it's a legal mess out. though. It's, it's going to be months and months until it's this is sorted out. There's yeah. just logistics. That's what it is. It's logistics. I think, Personally, they got to figure out the playoff shares and they got to figure out the NCAA tournament shares and yeah. what happens with all the revenue sharing in terms of the playoff. I mean, it's it's not just as simple as we're in the Mountain West now or, hey, right. this is the new Pac-12. Exactly. So and I have no confirmation on this. So this is all speculation, but I think it's already kind of decided. I think they're just figuring out the logistics, like you said. That's that, that's just what my gut tells me. What do you think the reaction to that will be from the fans? And granted, you have to take Twitter reactions, I think, with a grain of salt because it's not necessarily representative of the entire fan base, just sometimes the loudest portion. But to me, it seems like a lot of Washington State and Oregon State fans, um, they they don't feel like they should be associated with Mountain West schools. They feel like they're too good for it. And for me personally, from my perspective, they feel like very natural fits. Yeah, Justin. Uh, <laughs> so for the fans, they're going to be, whether it be mad, sad, upset. I, I've been kind of blown away as a CSU alum, fan, whatever you want to say, at how these fan bases have reacted. And I had to take a step back and like kind of put myself in their shoes. They've been in a Power Five conference all this time. They've always had that opportunity, whether they're winning or not. In theory, you could get to a national championship, right? Like, that's a possibility that they've had forever. Um, for me, it's hard to wrap my head around because I'm sitting there being like, all right, let's be real. I've been to Power Five schools. I've been to Mountain West, many Mountain West schools. Washington State is – Amount like CSU is more of a power five school than Washington state is. They have better facilities and they draw better larger attendance, better markets. Like yeah. Coleman's in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> but it's that, really hard to get to. That's the charm of Washington state. I don't want to like knock on Washington state. Cause I love that school. I love that athletics program, but that's the reality that they're in. And these fans, they can't wrap their head around that. I guess is a way to say it because they're so used to being a power five, like if we if CSU got ripped, the rug ripped out under them, I think we would all be the exact same way. So I think the fans are just going to be mad no matter what, because, you know, 
the sexy girlfriend just left and now they're they're heartbroken and that girlfriend already got a boyfriend you know like it's gonna take some time but i understand the emotion of it all i guess the thing that's been surprising to me is not only and and again this isn't necessarily the, the entire fan base but just what i have seen it feels like washington state and oregon state fans are much more open to the idea of being associated with AAC schools than Mountain West. And that I just don't quite understand because geographically, like culturally, everything feels like a pretty good fit and to pay more to travel so that you can face like South Florida and I, I don't know, Temple. I just, I don't see like how that's, how that's better. I don't get it either. I've been asking myself that the whole time. Like, why is this even on the table? It doesn't make sense to me. And you got Boise State in the Mountain West. And regionally, there is an interest in Boise State. And that could be a new rivalry for WSU. Like, it makes sense. It just makes sense. A lot of these schools, I mean, Fresno, San Diego State, like, I think it would be a very fun Mountain West pack, whatever, whatever you want to call it. If you took right. the 12 Mountain West schools and you added any, ver- or, you know, any combination of two to four of these remaining pack schools, I have a hard time seeing Cal and Stanford kind of, I don't know, give up their, their pretentiousness, but who knows? Cause it's kind of the reason they're in this spot in the first place. Right. Uh, I agree. I, I've been sitting here thinking this is going to be such a fun conference if it forms, but Washington state fans, I totally understand them being like, this sucks. <laughs> I, I get yeah, it. And it does suck. Yeah. I, I mean, I, most of what has happened is not beneficial to the majority of college football fans. Some of the fans, like, I get it. You're sitting pretty with with some of these schools. It feels pretty great, but I don't know. It's it's a little disheartening to me. Um, Before we get out of here, I guess I just, as a CSU alumnus, is that how you hope it, it shakes out that Washington state comes to the mountain West or some form or another CSU and Washington state end up being in the same conference. Oh, I've been rooting for that so hard. I have to hide that when I'm covering these teams. I think it'd be great. It's just Washington State is a perfect fit. And my gosh, the Mountain West would be so lucky to add them. It would just make the conference, yeah, it's not Power Five, but it's the closest thing to it. You know, it's if the you best add- other league. And I would argue you're the, you really establish yourself as that West Coast presence. I mean, I understand there's the four. Pac-12 schools going into the big, but at that point, like you are the definitive West Coast FBS league. You can have that late night window. Everybody tunes in, you know, for your late night games. Just embrace it. 100%. And, you know, that's what I think college fans, I think in a while, this is all going to shake out and be totally different. There's no way. I don't think this sticks, these conferences. It makes zero sense. And it does not think about the fans whatsoever. And that's the problem. So I think if that happened for Washington State and the Mountain West, it would be like the conference for the West Coast, like you said, that actually thinks about the fans in some shape or form. So it'd only be beneficial for everybody involved. I'm all for it. I'm certainly interested to see what happens with all this. It it would be very funny if like 10, 15 years from now, all this blows up and we end up with regional conferences that look a lot like the original Pac-12, Big 12, SEC, et cetera. Uh, one more prediction before you get out of here. I need a week one score prediction. You've got allegiances in Washington. You've got allegiances in Fort Collins. What does your gut say happens in this matchup? Oh, man. 
All right, our Kook fans, if they're listening, please don't come at me. I have truly thought CSU is going to win this game. Like, honestly, I just, I just feel like CSU is going to wind up winning. So I'll say 24-21, CSU wins. I love I, it. I don't know why. I've just had that feeling for about a month now. So I like it. I, I've been feeling like the Rams are due. I don't know. Maybe it's just because I'm I'm beat down and I've I've been through so many miserable seasons. I'm looking for any, you know, hope or, or optimistic lens to to look through, but it really does feel like things are are on the up and up, I guess, you know, with the returning talent and just second year in the system, the roster's more stable, all that stuff. Right. Right. And Norvell, he's getting some recruits over there, man. Oh, he seeing... knows what he's doing on the recruiting trail. It's that's the thing that's exciting is it's these next two, three years. It, it looks like their window to be quite good is is open. So I'm stoked. It's what we were hoping for. He, just oh, give him time. For. Give Norvell time. Let the man cook. Let the man cook. You heard it first, man. Shout out to Travis Green. Thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate this. Hopefully we get more conference games because then I get to bring you on the pod more. Heck yeah. Always a pleasure, Justin. Thanks for having me on, man. That was my main man, Travis Green, wow. Krem2 News, Spokane, Washington, picking the CSU Rams to win week one against Washington State, the team he covers, the team he knows well. Three-point victory. Yeah, he doesn't sound... You're cautiously optimistic? He sounds like... Well, I think he's very negative, optimistic. Negative, but cautiously negative about, about Wazoo. Wazoo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, I shouldn't interrupt you there. I thought you were going to say he no, sounds no, very optimistic about CSU, which uh, about I think CSU, he does. Yes, um, yes, yes. But he gets to be more of a fan. Yeah, and which I is think great. it's I think great to have that perspective. His pessimism about Washington State is at least worth considering. You know, like he's in practice. The the thing again, I'm going to drive it home again. I think that stands out just based on what he said, based on what I've read, is that this team doesn't seem to have the same size and speed in Pullman that we've kind of become accustomed to. And I think that's that's a big it's a big deal. It's a pretty big red flag right there. You know what else is a red flag? When you get hurt, but when you do, <laughs> Bax and Shanker's here to help because they he win for Colorado there. families. He got me. I did not know where we were going. <laughs> they are helping those who are seriously injured in Colorado for more than 25 years. They're free until they win money in your case. There's no upfront fee to speak with you about your case. No fee unless they win your case and win money for you. They've won over a billion dollars for their clients. They have more locations than ever. They are in Denver, Aurora, Inglewood, and Fort Collins. But of course, they serve all of Colorado. They have the strength and power to win your case with more than 30 lawyers and 100 staff. Bax and Shanker helps with all kinds of injury cases where you weren't at fault. Car accident, motorcycle, ride, chair, pedestrians, trucks. They can even help if you're injured at work. Call Bax and Shanker at 222-2222 to find out if you have a case for free. Bax and Shanker wins. Yes, and shout out to our partners at Shady Rays. I absolutely love Shady Rays. You know, in Colorado, any season is shade season. Sometimes the winter, you need your shades even more than you do in the summer. College football season, you guys will all be tailgating at these games. Home game for the Rammies, and you need some shades. You need real lenses, and if you're like me, you always have a hard time committing to real, authentic designer lenses. Shady Rays is the perfect, perfect partner for you. Their lenses are those polarized, high-quality lenses 
They're frames. You just feel them in your hand. They're nice, high-quality frames, and they've got awesome styles. And as if that wasn't enough, it's a third of a price. And for you, our loyal listener with code DMVR, you get 50% off two-plus pairs. Just go to ShadyRays.com and get their best deal of the season. Use that code DMVR for 50% off two-plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try it for yourself. The shade's rated five stars by over a quarter million people. They have been awesome. I have like six pairs. Check them out. They're amazing. Finally, Saturday Neon is a local company. It was started by college roommates. They are homies, and they make collegiate logo LED neon signs. Whether you're a diehard or a casual supporter, you're going to love the way these bad boys pop. If you come into the DNVR bar, we've got both the Rams and Buffs hanging proudly inside the room. Of course, we are the bar of the people. We're here for the Rams and the Buffs. But right now, it's all about the Rams, and they are officially licensed for the Rams as well as 19 other select schools. Yeah, they've got some cool stuff. They've got some great stuff, man. It's great for offices, man caves, dorm rooms. Maybe I'll talk DNVR into getting one for my home office. We'll see. Let's do it. Go to SaturdayNeon.com. Use the code DNVR for 10% off your order today. Free shipping for orders over $200. Boom. We love Saturday Neon. We love all our partners. And we love you for supporting the show. Hit that thumbs up if you haven't. Absolutely. Share it with your, your friends, your family, your Ram fam, your grandma, anybody that might want to watch. Yeah. Let's talk week one, though, because this Mountain West slate is awesome. It's incredible. It's kind of the slate. It's a full-on Mount West Pac-12 lineup, and it's a great one. I love all these matchups, and I'm smelling the cheese on a lot of these. I was going to say that some of the lines I'm going to be interested to get your perspective on. Um, But let's start, I guess, with the, the first game of the week, Friday night. We got Stanford going to Hawaii. Stanford, the beginning of the Troy Taylor era, it's certainly a tough spot for them given that they're in a state of transition. They cannot hit the portal the way that other programs can. Yep. I imagine it's going to be some type of hybrid offense from what we've seen um, Troy Taylor run versus you know Stanford more traditional ground and pound. Yes, we are officially turning the page on the Harbaugh style football with eight guys in protection. But how effective can they run that offense, especially week one on the island, a late night game? It's just, it's not a great spot for the Cardinal. Uh, Tanner McKee, obviously, no longer in the picture. I don't know, man. Hawaii looked pretty good against Vandy, but also it feels like a classic situation where you don't want to overreact too much to week zero. I know. Hawaii defensively, you still have some major concerns. Mm -hmm. They need to run the football a lot better than they did against Vandy. I think they're going to be competitive in this one, though. I I don't love Stanford going to the island on a Friday night. It's just a house of horrors. It's a three-point line. Only three (laughs) points? Oh, gosh. It's down to three? It's down to three, This was double digits not that long ago. My human brain says that's two few points for a Stanford team that's recruited nicely and has some talent. We're overreacting to week zero, and I think that was more about Vandy just being a crappy team and Vandy Stadium not being ready to go on week zero, so you're not getting that usual home opener atmosphere. The vibe stunk, and very fluky game. I mean, you've got a kick six, uh, or a punt return, was it? 
a punt for point. zero yards. I mean, it was fluky. Special teams. It was week zero football. And it's just like, man, the book's overreacting like crazy. Hawaii was just a double-digit dog to Vandy, and now they're mere three-point dog to Stanford. And then the other side of my brain, the side of my brain that's lost more money betting on college football than I'd care to share, that's the side that's like... Dre, you've been here before. Let the book guide you. The book is saying Rainbow Warriors all day, every day. Let's get on the island and have some fun. Give me Hawaii outright Friday night, baby. That's how it's going. Well, a little less dramatic because I also am taking Hawaii outright. Let's go. Um, Let's go. It just it it stinks it's to be high ugly. heaven. This line, Justin. It does, and I don't. It's it's going to be ugly. I don't know if it's going to be an ugly Ooh. shootout in the defense, like it's just going to be broken plays, mm-hmm. or if it's going to be one of those where the offense doesn't move it. But I do think. Yeah, fifty-five and a half. Woo! Is that a total? I mean, Hawaii at home. Braden Schrager can sling it a little bit. Got to protect the football. Had yes. a had a yes. pick late yes, that cost Justin. him when they had a yes. chance to go down the field. But it's gonna be a good atmosphere. I mean, I think they're really Dude. gonna they're gonna rally around this Hawaii program. They're into Timmy Chang. Obviously, you know what's they happened are. with the fires out there. I, I think it means more to this Hawaii program Great this point. year. Great point. I'm I'm rocking with Timmy Chang and the Warriors. I We're took their preseason over. Yeah. And I, I I made some money on them last week. We're gonna rock with them again. I like Hawaii to win outright against let's, Stanford. At let's home. go. Love this. This one we'll spend a little less time on because yep. it's going to be a boring game. Yep. Utah State going to Iowa 10 a.m. an appropriate start time. FS1. Um, oh, gross. Can Iowa's offense revamp this year under Cade McNamara? That's the big question because obviously defensively they should be really solid. They've They're got a great D line. The secondary is awesome. Cooper DeGene. I mean, I, I'm not worried about Iowa slipping against Utah State in this one. Utah State is not a team that I'm high on coming in. Um, I think they have the worst or second-to-worst quarterback situation in the conference with Cooper Legos. And as much as I like Terrell Vaughn at receiver, I have a hard time seeing him do much against this Iowa secondary. So yeah. th- this feels like a, a spot where Iowa should win comfortably. That said, again, if we want to talk about what we've seen over the years, Iowa loves to hang around with inferior talent. The team props on this are also really weird. I mean, Utah State's set at nine and a half. Iowa's at 30 and a half. I don't think Iowa scores that many points. Um, If this was another P5 program ranked 25th, this spread is probably 30 and a half, not 23 and a half. Uh, yeah, I mean, Justin said it in that last sentence. The Hawkeyes are great at not covering these big numbers because they don't have the offense against inferior talent. I hate Utah State in this spot, but I'm still going to take. I'm going to just give me the 23 points um, and give me Utah State. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I'm going to take Iowa and hate every single second mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's no side you love in this. They all suck. I'm not confident Iowa no. scored 24 points over the next two weeks, let alone cover it week one. That no. said, I do think the difference in the trenches is going to be significant. I think they'll this, run the football. Uh, and massive, massive. As long as they don't do anything dumb, you know, they had a terrible interception when CSU came that allowed the Rams to hang around. The Rams actually dropped a touchdown. They very well could have won that game. Anyways, let's not talk about the games that CSU could have won over the Please. years because we'll be here until the night. 
Fresno making a trip to Purdue, four-point underdogs. It's a new era for Fresno State. No longer is Jake Hayner the star of the show, um, but on top of that, their th- three leading receivers are out of the picture from last year. Jalen Cropper now uh-huh. with the Cowboys. Uh, Jordan Mims, guy who's really solid in the backfield, out of the picture. Defensively, Lavelle Bailey's a linebacker I like a lot. They've got a solid uh, front four as well. But Boilermakers uh, lose Aiden O'Connell. I I don't know. Who's man. looked so good in the preseason? I, I know. I like Fresno to be in this game. That said, four points. Oh. I wish I could get a little more value. I, I wish it was more like six and a half. You're taking Fresno plus four. I'm going to take Purdue hesitantly because I think they win by a touchdown. Yeah, that's where I'm leaning to. I just, I can't take like every Mount West dog and just go with the plus points. It's just that's too much uncertainty gonna, for me. I mean, out. I like Mikey Keene, the UCF transfer that they added at QB. CSU was actually in the mix with him. Not surprised he ended up at Fresno. Much better chance to start there versus, you know, if you come to Fort Collins, Clay Millen, obviously the the projected starter, maybe it would have been a competition. Who knows? But I just, I got to see it with this Fresno State team before I put money on them to go into a Big Ten stadium and, and pull the upset. If Jake Hayner was still here, it's a different situation. I would have bet on it simply for Hayner. Totally. Um, yeah. When in doubt, two programs starting new quarterbacks, just go with the team with more talent in the trenches. We're both rocking with Purdue, although I hate to do it um, because I like Fresno State. It's a program I enjoy watching. Robert Morris at Air Force, 11 a.m. This one will be on altitude locally. I don't think there's a national broadcast. Is there a line on this even, dude? I have not seen one. (laughs) Um, I'm guessing you cannot get a a line on this. Um, So we'll move past it. I thought it might update. I mean, you can give a quick breakdown if you want. Well, I mean, it's... What does this Air Force offense look like now that they have changed the cut block rules? Hazik Daniels no longer at Oof. quarterbacks. Brad Roberts no longer at you know tailback. That's 4,000-something rushing yards and like 50 touchdowns walking out the door these last couple of years. Mm-hmm. I-, I will say John Lee Eldridge the third. He's, he played a little bit last year. It should be plug-and-play for Air Force at running back, but especially when they have as much returning talent in the offensive line as they do. Um, but it's, I don't know. I, I think that the cut block rules are going to be pretty big and talking to some coaches around the, the conference, just kind of off the record, they think it's going to be a pretty big deal too. That's interesting. I think that's about all you can garner from this week one matchup and it's going to be hard to assess them in the next matchup it's, with that being the only matchup we've seen under their belt. We, I shouldn't say matchup. That and much. we need a month really to get a feel for this air force team. That said yeah. air force at home should win comfortably. I think we both agree there. Sure. Um, Bryant at UNLV, another game I'm not sure we're going to be able to get a line on because Bryant is an FCS opponent, 2 p.m. Mountain West Network. A lot of preseason love for UNLV. Um, They're so hot right now. We'll see. (laughs) You don't believe it? You're skeptical? Here's my thing. I understand on paper what people are buying into with this program. That said, UNLV in the last 60 years has had probably the amount of winning seasons you could count on one hand. Yes. Like I, I should have verified the stat before I went to that. It's but, been rough, man. I mean, it's the last 50 years. They have not factored into college football. They had a small run in the early two thousands where they were like kind of a thorn in the side. They actually mm-hmm. beat a really good CSU team in the season finale in 2002. And I only think about it once a week, 20 years later, but 
I mean, I just, I got to see it with this UNLV team. I like Doug Brumfield at quarterback. I, I think they should be competitive this year. That said, it feels a lot like last year where people bought into CSU a little prematurely. I'm with it. Sounds good to me. Also, you can't find lines, so. Nevada going to USC. This line is huge. It was 30-plus last time I checked. Where are we at now? Nevada, USC, it's at 38. 66 Ooh. and a half is the total. Yeah. This Nevada team is one of the worst in the conference, at least on paper. Brendan Lewis, former CU starter, making his debut for the Wolfpack. Ouch. USC defensively, though, man. It's still concerning. They stink, man. They basically give you an automatic 21 points for just showing up. And that's where, like, I mean, they very well could throw 70 on the board against Nevada if they want to and still cover yep. this comfortably while yep. allowing 21, 30 points. Yep. But it wouldn't shock me. I mean, Ken Wilson, more of a defensive-minded coach. I'm sure he's going to do everything he can to run the ball. You're going to try and limit Caleb Williams' possessions. I see a way in which Nevada could backdoor it, but the talent disparity is just so large. I got to go with the Trojans to cover here, especially at home. Yeah, I mean, 38's huge. I really worry they'll get backdoored. I'd I stay away. Uh, I, yeah, in general, I would avoid this spread. Twist my arm. I'll, I will lay the points this time for the Trojans at 38. I think the over 66 and a half. Until this team proves they're not just automatically gifting even crappy opponents three touchdowns you have to lay the overs on this team you have to they couldn't set it high enough last year mm -hmm. keep taking it until mm -hmm. it stops hitting yeah for sure all right moving on we're wrapping up we're getting to a couple of good games here but first yes. we've got new mexico at texas a&m um there, there's a lot of a&m love that it's going to be a, a redemption year for them when you look at the recruiting rankings and then all the talent they have on paper okay but again it's one of those programs i'll kind of believe it when i see it yeah I have a hard time seeing this situation work out with, you know, Jimbo and Bobby Petrino and Adazio and all in one offensive room. That's a lot of collective ego. That said, this is a game where AM should roll and, and roll comfortably. Yeah, you'd think. Another one that's hard to find a line on. So I'm going to kind of ride with the Aggies. I do think this is a year of fewer expectations where Texas AM can kind of be a bit more what we expected a season ago closer to what we expected i mean we'll see big year for the unm lobos uh, i imagine danny gonzalez coaching for his job uh, they brought over former uab offensive coordinator as well as the quarterback making his debut mcbride this weekend um maybe the the next head coach there we'll see i mean i don't know what that program's got to do to get back to relevancy Washington State at CSU. The moment has arrived. I'm just going in order in times of yeah, the games kicking off. Mm -hmm. um, where are we at? You said it's nine and a half? Eleven. 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 Rams I'm on the Rams home. to cover. There's a lot of uncertainty with Washington State. You are expecting quite an improved team from a year ago, certainly. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm, bank I'm banking on... The talent, the improved depth, year two, all of that playing a major role. But right. And that's what the book is expecting, right? What yeah. was their win total set at five and a half yeah. last week spoke? Um, what really intrigues me is CSU 21 and a half for their team total. I'm taking the over on that. I think this offense gets rolling and takes care of business. And I would also take plus 11. I think that's a pretty good number. 
I think what's the over under set at? One of the numbers I'm feel I one of the spreads I feel more bullish going into week one. Uh, fifty six and a half. I don't love that. That's right. That's that's nicely set. Yeah, um, there's just, just a lot of ways you could see it go over, but dude, it's it takes so little. It takes offenses don't have to be good for some fluky scores to come through, and that's a good point. The all of a sudden, I feel great about my especially a non-con week one. Oh, like when by the time you get oh. to conference play, you have a better mm-hmm. idea of mm-hmm. like how teams finish. You know when teams get going. Are they a first half team? Are they a second half team? I think it's a little easier, but early on, I mean. Both offenses struggle out of the gate. It's yeah. a you know, 13-10 game going into the fourth quarter, and all of a sudden what felt like an easy over is not even close. Vice versa, you know, you hit a couple of passes, you get a turnover all of a sudden, and it's like the over hits before halftime. Right. And it's just... It's tough. I, I would avoid it's it. Tough. I do like the Rams to cover the 11. I just... I think they're going to be in every game they play this year. I'm not guaranteeing Pac-12 victories or anything like that. I think they're on the table. I do. I think CSU can beat Washington State. I think CSU can beat CU. But they got to go out and prove it before I I come out and, and get too bold here. But 11 points at home in front of this atmosphere with everything you have working in favor of your roster, the fact that you did play this team last year, the fact that there's some familiarity with the schemes, you know, mm-hmm. air raid concepts, both team run a four, two, five. You're not going to see anything that that's foreign to you. I like the Rams at home to, to keep this competitive against Washington state. And at that point, you know, it probably comes down to the fourth quarter. Uh, this game is really fun. This is one of the games I'm most excited about this weekend. Texas tech going to Laramie yeah. and playing at Wyoming. First yeah. of all, shout out to Texas tech because they are coming to Fort Collins and they're in Laramie this year. They're in a couple of years. They're coming to Fort Collins. Shout out to you guys for not being afraid to play at altitude for going to smaller schools that support college football because it's going to be an awesome atmosphere. It's going to be sold out. It's going to be rocking. And it's just so much more fun than when, you know, schools duck playing a program mm-hmm. with support because they're too scared to go into a hostile environment. Wyoming offensively. Huge test for both these teams, feels like. Huge test, man. I mean, a Craig Bowl team, you know they're going to be prepared defensively. They're going to punch you in the teeth. They're going to try and run the football. Wyoming is down a couple of running backs. That's a big factor. Mm -hmm. And Tech's kind of a sneaky Big 12 pick this. They got a lot of love as as the under Joey McGuire. I get, you know, they beat Texas and OU a year ago. I still need to see more from them Mm. defensively. I like Wyoming to hang in this game. I'll say that. So Wyoming plus 14. Yes, I like the Cowboys to cover. <sighs> I'm leaning tech. I'm leaning tech minus 14. I really don't have a great feel for this Wyoming team. I don't either, to be honest. Defensively, they're going to be one of the top two or three teams in sure. the conference. And sure. I think at home. It's keeping pace offensively, that concerns me. That's my big concern is if Texas Tech breaks a couple of plays, I mean, if mm-hmm. you go down double digits, you're out of it as Wyoming, and that's that's going to be the big thing. There are some of these big spreads I worry will get backdoored at the end. This is a double-digit spread. I worry Wyoming doesn't have the offensive firepower to hang, and as soon as it gets double digits, they just you don't have the passing game to close that gap. Things get really tough. Uh, you might have talked me out of it. Yeah, All right. Yeah, <laughs> I'll yeah. keep it just for the sake of, of keeping it easy. One of the other most fun games of the entire weekend, 
Boise State goes to Washington. <laughs> Huge Great test. Game. I mean, Great the, game. the Broncos got a brutal non-conference slate. It's a big reason why, despite the fact that I picked them to win the league in the preseason, I don't think they'll be in a New Year's Six Bowl at the end of the year because I just think surviving oh, this gauntlet gonna is going to be really be tough. Super tough, and it starts, obviously, with going to this this Washington team led by Michael Penix. Got Romo Duze at wide receiver. I mean, defensively, they've got all kinds of talent in the trenches and the secondary. Can Boise State hang in this game? I think they can hang. Certainly, I think Washington in the end will separate themselves and make this a two-touchdown game and score over 36 and a half, which is what their numbers set out. What's the spread? 14. I like Washington at home. Same. And that's that's not a shot against Boise because I think they're really good. I really do. I do think they're going to take a step back defensively, though, from what we saw last year. And I think just stopping this Washington offense at home is is going to be a tall task because Kalen DeBoer is one of the better schemers in that conference Really looking forward to it, though, and it's going to be a hell of a game. Shout out to the Broncos for playing it. It's one of those. It's perfect. You know, the regional aspect. And frankly, if you lose, it's not like the end of the season. Like, good on you for going out there and and swinging big. You have to, man. You have to. It's key. I also hope that with the expanded playoff format, more teams are incentivized to do that. I do, too. That's that's what I'm hoping. I worry it might go the other way because they're just with these conferences and the conference slates being so brutal teams being like, well, I'm not risking so anything hard. in non-conference it's play. so hard. I know. Finally, um, again, a game we're not going to get a line for because it's FCS FBS San Diego state versus uh, Idaho state. I'm pretty down on San Diego state right now. I know they beat Ohio last they did week. The thing against Ohio, but they shut the thing, them down though. offensively. CJ Harris, the backup quarterback came in. The game completely changed. Rourke, there's, preseason all-conference quarterback yeah. goes down early harris comes in throws three picks two of them i'm just like, what are you even looking at thrown into traffic on a screen can't even see the back yeah that was rough san diego state um defensively they're always going to be tough they got to run the football more consistently than they did a week ago i'd like to see maiden be more consistent as a passer he missed some open receivers that you know in, in a tighter game would really cost you I, i'm not super high on the aztecs this year i've been d- pretty open about that throughout this process uh, but a, a big chance for them at home to kind of, you know, win against an Idaho State team coached by Cody Hawkins, um, you know, just kind of get the ball rolling before you get into the rest of your your non-conference slate. Got to be Idaho State, man. I mean, if you for a program that <laughs> talked all this mess about being deserving in a power conference, the fact that they had like twenty something thousand fans that they're saying, I mean, it was empty. It was a terrible look last week. You got to win these games and you got to win the games against FCS teams. And that's where CSU is at as well. You you can't afford to lose these games at home. Week one is here though. We made it Washington state cam ward coming to town. I will be live post game uh, from the stadium. More details on that when I have them still trying to figure out how exactly that's going to work, but I can't wait for it. Thank you to everybody for supporting our content. We'll have a couple live shows, a couple of, audio only podcasts of course i'll have written content keep up with everything my main man andre simone is doing including the draft pod will be live at 3 30 today oh, yeah. uh, keep up with the broncos coverage avs nuggets if you want to follow the other college football team in the state you can do that as well much love to all you go rams